Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the New York, from from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. It is one o'clock in the morning, and I am super duper tired. So you're gonna have to forgive me if I stumble through some of this. Um, And you know, the funny thing is. For more than 100 episodes, for almost a year now, I've been saying the exact same entrance line. And I don't... You would think it would be second nature to me. Um, so I'm going to be you tonight, um, because I'm taking the weekend off. Um, I have to finish editing Love You to Death. And I have to finish editing a short story called The Inheritance Game. So that's where my intention's going to be, um, and Will and I are going to sit down and strategize and talk about um, some more um, drunk gossip and Anderson and Terry stuff. Anderson and Terry is going to be um, a new, well, they're both YouTube shows, but um, Anderson and Terry is a new show, a news e-show, um, where, we, where we're going to talk about different things and whatnot. Um, look for all that later. We'll we'll probably do a blog along with it to um, get some ad revenue and stuff. In the meantime, tonight we are going to do... Um, <laughs> wow, I'm really bad at this tonight, guys. I'm really bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're going to do some blind items because clearly I, I, I cannot think. And I have to host. <laughs> I'm like Wendy Williams, except less smart. Anyways, our first blind comes from blindgossip.com, of course. Um, for all the best blind items, go to blindgossip.com. <coughs> Excuse me. So this one is called The Birthday Alibi. This amicable actress became rich and famous thanks to her role on a long-running sitcom. After the show ended, she moved on to a solid movie career and hasn't left the spotlight since. She will be celebrating a milestone birthday soon. There is some drama over an, invita- over an invitation given to one of her exes, an actor with whom she has a very civil relationship. He would like to attend, but he is in the middle of a dispute with another ex that has been dragging on for more than a year. He is concerned that the second ex will go ballistic if she finds out that he went to the first ex's party. Options include sneaking him in, banning phones and cameras from the event, creating an alibi in advance so it looks like he was somewhere else entirely on the day of the celebration, etc. It seems like they are all a little afraid of the second ex. So, the birthday girl is Jennifer Aniston. The ex is Brad Pitt. And the second wife is Angelina Jolie. Um, this triangle has been playing out in the public eye for goodness at least 12 years now. Um, and for a very, for a very long period of time, Angelina Jolie was considered a saint. You know, she was adopting babies and doing all this really good work. She was considered a humanitarian. And then when Brad Pitt left her, her reputation went to hell. I don't know if it's his team out there wrecking her or um, if if it's like one of those Oprah things where 
she was too big for too long and now she has to come down. But this is all like the church of St. Angie is crumbling so fast. People don't think she's a good mother anymore. People don't think she's um, a good person. And here's the thing. I've never thought she was a good person to begin with. Um, there was another ex who... I, I keep wanting to say Johnny Lee Miller, but I'm probably wrong. It might have been... Um, uh, what's... I cannot think of his name right now. Billy Bob Thornton. Anyways, it was one of those three named exes had a wife or a long-term girlfriend. She slept with him. I think it was Billy Bob, actually. Anyways, she slept with him, got with him, left him when the dick wasn't good anymore or something. Seduced Brad while he was married to Jennifer. They broke up, and she was with Brad for a very long time. Allegedly, if you read the gossip circles, or the gossip blogs, rather, um, they had an open marriage. He would sleep with other guys. She would sleep with other women. They would bring bring people into their uh, marital bed. And then, so I don't know what happened, and they decided to not be together anymore. And it's just been this big spiral. And she has always hated Jen. Because I think a part of her realized that um, Brad and Jen, maybe they didn't love each, maybe they didn't love each other anymore. Um, you know, or maybe they still love each other, and she just didn't want to be the woman who stayed with a cheating ex or a cheating husband. In any case, they share a very special friendship. And I think that really, really just nagged at Angelina because there's an old saying, you lose them how you get them. And I think that's what Angelina's been really afraid of. And she probably would go crazy if Brad went with, with um, or went to Jennifer Aniston's birthday party. And just so you all know, Jennifer Aniston is turning 50 on the 11th. And she still looks amazing. And on that note, I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So that one went crazy over because I was making all those announcements. Um, This one I don't think will. Um, But this is a a long line, a longer line, I should say. Not as long as a political line from the other day. Anyways, this one comes from Crazy Days and Nights. Um... If you want to see it, go to crazydaysandnights.net. It is called Today's Blind... Or, I'm sorry. It is called Four for Friday Diva. Because of the detail I used, I used the tipster's own words. I just removed the names and replaced them with with descriptions. I also removed the name of the company and job title of the tipster to keep them anonymous. When this eponymous cable network first appeared... It aired a competition show where reality or where contestants competed for their own show on the network. Two of the judges were someone who was big back in the day on a cable channel that used to play music, and the other was our diva. 
the subject of the blind, who you might not recognize, but every single one of you knows her name. From the get-go, our diva was an absolute nightmare. Day one. I showed up at her hotel with her styling team after flying them first class from NYC to LA per her demand because LA doesn't, isn't good enough? Only to have her turn the manicurist away because she had gotten her nails done the day before in New York. 5000 in travel expenses out the window for that one. Then after refusing to participate in any of the pre-production meetings, she arrived to the set and refused to read her script. She demanded the whole thing be rewritten minutes before filming was set to begin. Then, as the cont- contestants entered, she stormed off again to scream at me and some producers because she will not, and I quote, be seen in frame with a fucking whale and a fucking retard. One of the contestants was rather obese and one had cerebral palsy. She said her brand doesn't sponsor the Special Olympics. Blink was running production and the team took swift action to rearrange things so she didn't have to be seen in the frame with the quote-unquote offending contestants. And filming continued for the day. Day two. I arrived at her hotel to get her to sit and I immediately noticed that the thousands of absolutely gorgeous orange roses that decorated the lobby the day before were all gone and were replaced with equally beautiful lilies. I made a comment in passing to one of the lobby staff about the change of flowers because it seemed odd that such beautiful and expensive flowers would be replaced so quickly. He let me know that my special guest was displeased with the roses, so they had to replace them. The day continued with incessant complaints and at least three threats to walk off and not come back. That night, after hearing the reports from the set, this A++ list celebrity who was the who was the network, so to speak, sent a bouquet of flowers to the filming or to the Divas Hotel in an effort to smooth things over and ensure filming could wrap the next day. Day three. I again arrived to pick her up in the morning and the first thing she said to me is tell your boss the next time she decides to send me flowers as a peace offering to make sure they are not bullshit Kmart flowers. Blank fucking blank sent these flowers to her. Now, I didn't see them with my own eyes, but I can rightfully imagine these were not solitary flowers of the Kmart variety. We did manage to make it through filming that day. The episode had to be heavily edited to limit her screen time. Everyone lived. But I swear to you, I have never purchased another diva item since. And every time I see anything about her, I feel sick to my stomach and remember what a vile human being she is. The former cable star, on the other hand, was an incredibly genuine, sweet, and accommodating and amazing celebrity to work with. She was a true gem and would have been even if the whole diva situation hadn't happened. So, this very clearly, um, the diva is very clearly um, Vera Wang, who around New York is actually known to be quite the little bitch. Um... There are always rumors on um, New York Fashion Week is is in full swing, and you're you're hearing things about um, just how temperamental and horrible she is. Um, you know, sometimes because no one really knows my face, I'm able to kind of blend in a little bit, and I'll hide out and just listen, um, and that's how I hear these things and. I've I've heard different things about Vera Wang, um, mostly just that she acts like a diva, um, 
uh, her interns are not allowed to look at her. If she's approaching and they're looking, they're about to lose their jobs. That's how nasty she is. Um, the the boss lady is quite clearly Oprah. Um, the network is owned, and the show. Um, I forgot what the show was called. It's something like your own network or your own show or something like that. Um, in any case, that's her. And then I think that Daisy Fuentes, who I've only ever really heard good things about, is probably the sweet girl. I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, we're heading into another blind from Blind Gossip. For all the best blinds, go to blindgossip.com. That sounded really bored and I'm not. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, this one is called No More Messy Divorce. It's usually a good sign when celebrity divorces are called off and the parties reconcile. It typically means that they have worked out their differences and are dedicated to moving forward as a loving family. Well, except in this case. He is the one who originally filed for divorce. Why? Because she is messy. She made practically nothing for the past three or four years, and she was getting really messy with her personal habits, and so there was zero incentive for him to stay. Once she scored the new series, he called off the divorce. Why? Because money trumps messy. Her new salary is all considered joint money, but only if they are married. He would be stupid to leave now. He'll hang in there for a couple more years. So I'm pretty sure this is about Jenny Garth. Um, her, her husband, Dave Abrams, called off their divorce. They were, they were heading towards Splitsville, and then, uh, he called it off for whatever reason, and then, um, and she's, she is very messy, um, when she was married to, um, I keep wanting to call him Peter Fancinelli, but I don't remember, the dude from Nurse Jackie. And the Twilight movies, but Nurse Jackie. <laughs> That's where I know him from. Um, their divorce was was really quite nasty. And um, she started drinking a lot and whatnot. And then, I keep saying that, and then, this is what happens when I record late at night. This is why y'all need to stop me. Alright. Um, anyways. So then the new 90210 reboot was announced. And this 90210 reboot sounds like a hot-ass mess. It's because it's not even about 90210. It's about the actors who were originally on it. So, so far they have Tori Spelling, um, Jenny Garth. I believe Ian Ziering is going to be on there. Jason Priestley. Um, Gabrielle Carteris. Gabrielle Carteris is like off the face of the earth. She left Nanotono to do her talk show. And then after her talk show was cancelled, like, she just was gone. It was like, yo, Gabrielle, come up, come, come play. And she was like, no. <laughs> Luke Perry is a series regular over on Riverdale, so he he's gonna come over and play with them, but not not as often. Shannon Doherty hasn't said yet whether she's going to participate. 
Um, but there's a lot of bad blood between Tori Spelling and Shannon Doherty. And according to any lawyer over at Crazy Days and Nights, producers really want Shannon. And um, Tori was forced to play nice. Um, the last thing Shannon was in was um, the Heather's reboot, which ended up getting canceled right away because um, it was really dark and featured a school shooting. And the week it was supposed to premiere just happened to, I think it was um, the week that the Parkland shooting in Florida happened. Um, but getting back to Ginny, like, she's been, I mean, ever since the original series went off, she's had her troubles. Um, she, she went from Nine to No to What I Like About You, which lasted five or six years. And the only reason why it was canceled is because, um, UPN and the WB merged in creating the CW. Because it was actually a very popular show. And I, I have to go back and um, rewatch, but I don't think it even got a proper series finale because if I remember how everything went correctly, the, uh, the show had either been renewed already, like it was an early renewal, or um, it, they, were, they were promised that they were going to be brought back. And then the merger happened, and that didn't happen. Um, and the only show that survived from that merger was Reba. Well, the only comedy that survived from that merger was Reba, because Reba threatened to sue in, um, for $50 million, because that was her golden parachute. Um, so I think they brought her back for one more abbreviated season. And just let her go wild. Um, but after what I like about you, Jenny couldn't get work. And not because she's not a good actress. I actually believe Jenny Garth is a great actress. Um, but she's just so messy. She drinks and allegedly does drugs. And it's really hard to work with someone like that. So we're happy that the divorce was called off. We're not happy about this weird version of Nine Eleven where all the actors are playing heightened versions of themselves. And I am happy to go and be right back. And I'm back. So these next two are gonna have the same main answer. So the last one is gonna have the actual answer um, that I think it is. And the reason why this, I think I'm just going to call this one Black Widow. I, um, because I think that just makes more sense since that's the name of the next series um, with these two. Um, these both come from Line Gossip. I'll repeat that in the next segment as well. Um, they seem to be building a character here. Um, so if there are any more of these lines, we will do a compilation episode as we always do. Um, but for now, let's get right to it, shall we? This one is called Black Widow Archery. There's a movie from the 1980s that occasionally pops up on cable called Black Widow, starring Deborah Winger and Teresa Russell. 
It's a femme fatale psycho thriller. In the movie, Russell's character ensnares wealthy men by pretending to have something in common with them. For example, she educated herself about rare coins to ingratiate herself with a lonely but very rich middle-aged bachelor who is an expert in rare coins. He is thrilled to find someone who shares his passion for whatever. Uh, She successfully dupes him. They marry, then she poisons him and takes his money and sets her sight on an even richer victim. Winger plays the federal agent who tries to stop her. The tagline of Black Widow is, she mates and then she kills. Our Black Widow is not quite as extreme, but she has a very similar technique. A few years ago, she set her sights on snaring one particular rich man. Although they were both married, his net worth was uh, 10 or 20 times as much as her husband's net worth. She wanted him bad. She knew that he was really into archery, so she started taking archery lessons. She doesn't. She didn't actually give a shit about archery, but she needed a way to get to him. He was impressed and thrilled that she knew so much about archery, and she seemed so passionate about it. She talked to, she talked him into starting an archery-related business with her. Since he loves archery so much, he thought it was a great idea. They spent a lot of time one-on-one together in this new business. It got very personal. Their personal relationship didn't quite work out the way she hoped, and he wound up staying with his wife. She came so close to getting him, though. So Black Widow's interest in archery wasn't born of a desire to do something adventurous or fun or different or learn a new sport. It was all about trading up to that one particular rich man. That one didn't work out. But Black Widow is a tenacious woman. More to come. And... Um... So here we are. Um, I believe that the main subject of this is Lauren Sanchez. Um, I even though it says that she didn't get him, this is what I'm thinking. Um, she was with Tony Gonzalez, has a son with him. He was worth like twenty million dollars, and then um, she moved on to. Patrick Whitesell, who's worth $300 million. It's, it would be very easily believed that there was someone in the middle that she was trying to, to hook during this time. Lauren Sanchez is, is known um, to be like this. Um, and one of the commenters actually made a really good point. Um about her about her um helicopter business. Remember we talked about this at, um right around the Super Bowl where um Jeff Bezos actually pulled an ad that featured a lot of shots that she took from her helicopter. Um Because he didn't want the controversies that surrounded it. Um, I was trying to see if I could find who she owned the business with, but I can't find that. But in any case, 
you know, you kind of just see her hopping on down the line. Like, and now she's going from Patrick Whitesell to Jeff Bezos, who is worth $130 billion. That's a huge ass leap. So you can kind of see where there's a little, um, why people would believe that this is her. I'm going to go, and I'm going to come right back. I've decided to name this um, after Patrick White, or not Patrick White, so Jeff Bezos, sorry. I'll be right back. And I'm back. <coughs> We're going to continue with the Black Widow blind. Well, blinds, I should say. Um, and the reason why I, I just want to declare this, the reason why I named the last segment Jeff Bezos um, was because it did, he's, he's the ultimate target. Um, that's why I brought him up in the last segment. Um, you know, and I, I realize I'm saying I'm a, an extra lot. Again, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> there we go again. You know what, here's the thing. Every time I say, um, just take a shot. And then you won't notice it anymore. Um, Jesus. Have you guys ever seen that episode of, um, How I Met Your Mother? Where Robin says, but, um, and she doesn't think she says it that much. And then she hears herself saying it and then goes crazy. That's kind of where I am right now. So, here is Black Widow Real Estate. Flying Gossip blindgossip.com, check it out. We already told you that Black Widow is one clever and tenacious woman. Here's another example of her deviousness. She actually set her her sights on rich man a few years ago. Since she didn't live in her state, she knew she had to put herself in his path to interact with him more frequently. She convinced her husband that it would be in his best interest and good for his business if they bought a house very close to rich man she told him that if they were neighbors, he could suck up to rich man for business while she became BFFs with her wife. Husband thought it was a brilliant plan. That's how he wound up buying a house in a city that he never cared about. He even realized that she had played him. So husband thought getting closer to a rich man was all for his benefit. But he was really, but all he was really doing was facilitating his wife's affair. Oh, that black widow was sneaky. As we're learning this week, um, this affair with Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez has been going on for quite a while, um, and it got really racy. And here's the thing: putting the adultery aside for a second, it's not horrible. There are two consenting adults. No one was being forced. No one was being pushed or. You know, power wasn't being used over anyone. This is just a good old-fashioned sex scandal about a husband cheating on his wife and a wife cheating on her husband. The only reason why it's blown up to the um, heights that it has is because Jeff Bezos is worth something like $130 billion. If he was not worth that kind of money, we wouldn't give a fuck who he was putting his dick in. Um, 
over on Crazy Days and Nights, any lawyer is saying that Lauren Sanchez is the one who leaked everything to the National Enquirer. And I actually kind of believe that. For one big reason. It was the fastest and surest way to make sure that that marriage ended. And um, she wants to hurry up and get her hooks into Jeff Bezos. But here's the thing. He's not going to be stupid enough to do another prenup, um, do another marriage without a prenup. The reason why Mackenzie Bezos got the marriage without a prenup is because he didn't have a pot of piss in when they got married. And she's going to walk away with half of it because she was there. And a lot of people, including Jeff Bezos, said she was the brains behind the operation. Patrick Whitesell is... Hopefully not going to have to fork out much money to his soon-to-be ex-wife. And that's if the divorce even happens. I... Um, there's been a lot of stories today about how the Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez have been apart for 28 days, and it's just this really breathless thing, and, you know, he went to the Super Bowl without her. He knows that she was the leak. That's not a question in my mind. He knows. The question is... Is she telling him the truth or is she feeding him more lies? Um, I'm I'm really hoping that there are some more Black Widow blinds. It seems to be a Friday blind, so we're going to keep an eye out. Um, and as I said, if, if more come out, I will um, do a compilation episode. But until then... Let's just remember that Lauren Sanchez is horrible. Um, Alright, as I said at the beginning, at the top of this episode, I am out for the weekend. Um, I have a lot of editing to do. Love You to Death will be out um, on Amazon on Thursday, Valentine's Day. Um, And I have a short story to edit called The Inheritance Game. Um, which I will be shopping very soon, hopefully. So wish me luck, guys. And until I talk to you again, I'm raising my martini glass and saying cheers.